Welcome to another edition of Horrifying My Friends. I'm horror host Travis. Joining me as always is producer Kate. Hello. And uh, also joining us this time is brother-in-law Brooks. Hello, everybody. So, Brooks, just uh, we're going to make more of an emphasis on reintroducing people that we've had on before. So, this is the spooky season. So, I wanted to start off right away. And kind of get, like, what is Halloween or the spooky season, like, September, October. September is fucking spooky season, too. I don't care what anybody says. (laughs) Like, what were your traditions growing up and stuff? And what were some of your, like, favorite costumes? Or, like, what did the Brooks household always do on Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving? Or not Thanksgiving, (laughs) fuck. uh, Halloween. Well, we ate turkey. (laughs) 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 Halloween with my family was always very awesome. As you know, I, I I didn't grow up in Indy, but that doesn't matter. We would always, obviously, like any other kid, we would go trick-or-treating all the time. And so, you know, trick-or-treating is trick-or-treating. That's no big deal. But I can tell you one of my probably favorite nights of trick-or-treating, I was still very young, less than 10 years old, somewhere probably between 8 and 10, eight, yeah, something like that. But I was a, uh, I was a, the headless horseman one year. Ooh. Yeah. So I was just a little guy. I had the big trench coat and I would... You know, look through holes in the jacket kind of thing, carrying the head. But what made that Halloween extra special was that it snowed. <laughs> and it was like it was like 25 degrees, you know, in, in Hammond, Indiana. So it was, being so so young, we probably made it two blocks. And then we said, I want to go home. <laughs> but it was like so awesome because like I had like the dopest costume and it got ruined by like the crappiest weather of Halloween ever. So, so how did you say you did that costume? Like you were looking through a hole in the Yeah. Front? So you had, <laughs> if my memory serves right. So you were, you had a trench coat that like where your neck piece would be, like where the neck is. That was like at the top of my head mm-hmm. and it was closed up. And then... You left like a little button open in the middle so that you can like look through. <laughs> so it was like a homemade job. Oh, totally. And then like you had, I had, um, you know, cause this is, and there's going to be more about Halloween because my mom and at the time her boyfriend owns a funeral home. So we had all kinds of stuff to use. So I would have, I would have like a mannequin, like they always had, um, you know, like the styrofoam heads that wigs are on. You're like, we all had all kinds of extra body parts. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would, yeah, I just had to go in the freezer and dig through some stuff. No, No, but I would have like a, the, like a styrofoam head that like had a wig. So like we'd put like, as they're arresting your mom right now, (laughs) put, put like hair on it and then like painted, colored the the head to look like a face and i would carry that with me that's pretty sick <laughs> but as we got older and i started the trick-or-treating started fading away we would always do trick we would always do halloween at the funeral home mm-hmm. so what they would do is first off my mom and keith went always went balls out like she would go to the equivalent of costco or whatever because mm-hmm. sam's club and buy like 500 dollars worth of like 
king size candy bars Mm -hmm. and we'd give that out and then like we'd open up the front doors in the lobby and stuff and we would play like we'd get like halloween spooky sound cds and we'd play it over the audio system in the funeral home and we'd have like the lights out skeletons hanging and shit and like so we like decked out the funeral home for halloween and we and we'd have a whole ton of trick-or-treaters come up in there and so it would like the spooky sounds being a funeral home, like it was, the oh, yeah. dude, it was the spot that, that warms my heart too. Cause it seems like there's just something like, obviously I haven't, I've never lived like on the, in the South or the East coast or the West coast, but it seems like Halloween is just different for the Midwest. Like maybe mm-hmm. it's like the corn and like uh, just the changing of the seasons. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess the seasons change like everywhere, but like, I don't know. Yeah. There's just something about like the Midwest with halloween oh yeah makes it special dude it was awesome like i would it was so awesome and i remember even as an adult i think there was one time one of the first years i was living down here i just decided to drive up there i cut out of work on the afternoon i drove up there and i like just showed up at Mm -hmm. the funeral home for halloween because i was like i just missed it and i wanted to go do it Mm -hmm. and my mom was like oh my god i can't believe you came like she was so happy (laughs) they still do it to this day uh yeah oh that's cool they still do I think they made. I think they kind of dialed back some of the stuff, but like, they still do it. There's less kids around there now, so like, they still get a good amount of people, but it's not like, like I said, they would buy five, six hundred candy bars and be gone. I like by the end of the night. I contact Heath, uh, Keith, and your mom, and host like a showing of Phantasm there. <laughs> There's like all kinds of goth kids hanging out and shit. Dude, that'd be killer. Oh my god, clear out one of the chapels and just put like a projector screen in there. <laughs> But yeah, I kind of wanted to like open it up and like get some of your stories and stuff because the movie that we're talking about is Trick or Treat from 2007, released in 2009. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, directed by Michael Doherty, who also brought us Krampus, the underrated Christmas horror flick. Have you guys seen that? Nope. Nope. So I'm sure we're going to cover that like uh, when it comes time. It's kind of kind of similar to this, like sort of fun and sort of, you know, horror too. And and he directed the newest Godzilla, which is also, I thought was pretty solid. This is starring Dylan Baker as Steven, Rochelle Altiz as Maria, Anna Paquin as Lori, and Brian Cox as Mr. Creek. Okay, so just a quick synopsis for Trick or Treat. Five interwoven stories that occur on Halloween. An everyday high school principal has a secret life as a serial killer. A college virgin might have just met the guy for her. A group of teenagers pull a mean prank. A woman who loathes the night has to contend with her holiday-obsessed husband, and a mean old man meets his match with a demonic, supernatural trick-or-treater. All right, so my connection to this film. I found this flick thanks to my brother Donnie. When he was first starting college, this was like when he was in his late 20s, early 30s, uh, we used to host movies and stuff over at his house. Like Not like host-host with other people, but like we would go over there and watch a couple movies. And one night, I, this had to have been soon after the release, but he throws this on, and immediately what struck me is that this is a movie that is going to become a yearly watch for me every Halloween. This movie is like criminally underrated, I feel. But uh, anyway, I'll get more to that later on. Okay, so to talk about this movie properly, you kind of have to start with the origins of Halloween. This is sor- all sourced on the history, history.com. History Channel did a, a badass write-up on the history of Halloween and the history of jack-o'-lanterns. So this will all be sourced uh, right under the episode. It says, Halloween's origins date back to the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain, pronounced Samhain. Samhain, yeah. But I'm going to say Samhain because Samhain is... a 
awesome Danzig band from the 1980s. <laughs> the Celts who lived 2,000 years ago, mostly in the area that is now Ireland, the United Kingdom, and northern France, celebrated their new year on November 1st. This day marked the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. Celts believe that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. On the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain, when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to earth. In addition to causing trouble and damaging crops, Celts thought that the presence of the otherworldly spirits made it easier for the Druids or Celtic priests to make predictions about the future. For a people entirely dependent on the volatile, natural world, these prophecies were an important source of comfort during the long, dark winter. To commemorate the event, Druids built large, sacred bonfires where the people gathered to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the Celtic deities, which is metal. <laughs> During the celebration, the Celts wore costumes, typically consisting of animal heads and skins, and attempted to tell each other's fortunes. When the celebration was over, they relit their hearth fires, which they had extinguished earlier that evening, from the sacred bonfire to help protect them during the coming winter. Okay, so this is how jack-o'-lanterns originated in Irish myth. Before we carved pumpkins, the Irish chiseled creepy faces into turnips. Again, this is from the HistoryChannel.com. Pumpkins with ghoulish faces and illuminated by candles are a sure sign of the Halloween season. The practice of decorating jack-o'-lanterns originated in Ireland, where large turnips and potatoes served as early canvases, which I did not know. In fact, the name jack-o'-lantern comes from an old Irish folktale about a, name, a man named Stingy Jack. Irish immigrants brought the tradition to America, home of the pumpkin, and it became an integral part of Halloween festivities. What is the legend of Stingy Jack, you might ask? Do you know the legend of Stingy Jack? I don't. Tell me, Travis. (laughs) People have been making jack-o'-lanterns at Halloween for centuries. The practice originated from an Irish myth about a man named Stingy Jack. According to the story, Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him. True to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for that drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin that Jack could use to buy their drinks, which is badass. <laughs> that sounds like an Irishman, by the way. An Irishman out-talking the devil. That sounds... Wouldn't he get the devil's drink then, since he's a coin now? There you go. Now he's got two for one. Once the devil did so, Jack decided to keep the money and put it into his pocket next to a silver cross, which prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. Jack eventually freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year and that Jack sh- if Jack should die, he would not claim his soul. The next year, Jack again tricked the devil into climbing into the tree to pick a piece of fruit. While he was up into the tree, Jack carved a sign of the cross into the tree's bark so that the devil could not come down until the devil promised Jack not to bother him for ten more years. I gotta say, the devil's awfully easy to trick. <laughs> Soon after Jack died, as the legend goes, God would not allow such an unsavory figure into heaven. The devil, upset by the trick that Jack had played on him and keeping his word not to claim his soul, would not allow Jack into hell. He sent Jack off into the dark night with only a burning coal to light his way. Jack put the coal into a carved out turnip and has been roaming the earth with it ever since. The Irish began to refer to this ghostly figure as Jack of the Lantern, and then simply Jack-o'-lantern. 
In Ireland and Scotland, people began to make their own versions of Jack's lanterns by carving scary faces into turnips or potatoes and placing them into windows or near doors to frighten, uh, frighten away Stingy Jack and other wandering evil spirits. In England, large beets are used. Immigrants from these countries brought the jack-o'-lantern tradition with them when they came to the United States. They soon found out that pumpkins, a fruit native to America, make perfect jack-o'-lanterns. So that's a little story behind that. Okay. That's cute. <laughs> I felt that was necessary, too, because I was like, I wanted to know that, too. Okay, so just a few film facts. There was a joke on set. Most of the jack-o'-lanterns were made out of either foam or ceramic. And the onset joke were that no pumpkins were harmed during the making of this movie. <laughs> um, little people were used to fill in as kids during the trick-or-treating scenes. Like any scenes where you see like kids or most scenes where you see kids running around in the background, it was little people because they filmed too late in the day and, and children were not allowed to work. Like children aren't allowed to work like on films. That's mm-hmm. what I say. That stuff. sounds like a child labor law thing. Yeah, for sure. The film... And this is kind of what I referred to earlier. The reason why this film is so criminally underrated. The film was originally slated to be released on October 2007 for a Halloween release, uh, which it should have been. Warner Brothers, without explanation or reason, pulled the film from the schedule and no reschedule date was announced. One reason might have been that Saw 4 was slated for release around the same time and Warner Brothers didn't want to compete against it. Another possible reason was that it was buried by the studio because of the possible fallout from the box office failure of Superman Returns, which Doherty was co-written by Doherty. So there was brief talk that the film would finally be released around Halloween 2008 and possibly early 2009, but neither release ever materialized. The film was finally released straight to DVD in October 2009, which I thought was like crazy. Because if this movie was released like Halloween, like Erase this movie from existence and release it this year in October, and it fucking does bang. Well, you know, (laughs) in a normal year, it would do bang. I touched on some of this earlier, but the name of the character Sam is, of course, derived from uh, Samhain or Samhain, the ancient Celtic festival of the dead, which modern day Halloween is derived. The original song for the transformation scene in the woods was Peggy Lee's Fever. The decision on the uh, editing floor was made to go with something edgier, hence you get Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson, which I think is a killer fucking scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've been reading a lot, uh, out of breath, fucking about to have a heart attack. <laughs> you need a beer. Yeah. Um, so, Brooks, what was your – this is the first time seeing it for both of you guys, right? Yep. Yes. So, Brooks, what was your first reaction? Dude, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. I thought it was super fun. Like, I'm with you. I, I think I want to put this on the yearly docket of oh, yeah. like Halloween watching. Not that I have a – a catalog of Halloween movies that I watch anyway, but like, for sure, this is something that I would easily watch every year. If you were like, "Hey, let's get together on Friday and have a couple beers, watch Trick or Treat," I'll be like, "In, let's do it for sure." Once the movie kind of got going, like stylistically, it kind of reminded me of like a Sin City movie. Mm-hmm. How it's like the the comic book, but, comic I mean, booky. This is yeah. based off this. Was this a comic book? Uh, he made a comic book afterwards. After? Yeah. Okay. Like I remember, like in the, I think it was the opening credits or early on, they mm-hmm. were like show it like the comic book style, and then I was thinking back through the movie, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like that's kind of how it reminded me of Sin City. I was like, that's kind of cool. Like just that style. And was Sin City released? I don't know if it was released first or after. But... Okay, I see what you're saying now. No, for sure, dude, you're onto something there because, and Sin City quite like this, and uh, this is even and in the, the like... fact that you have like multiple storylines happening. 
right. in the same movie. It, it, that's a good fucking point uh, because even in Sin City, like the same thing with this, you can see characters from other storylines, like in the background and stuff, like just mm-hmm. doing you know whatever. Like that goblin with the with the the you know what do you want to call it like a the sack of the a head. burlap sack. the burlap right? sack like the, he just kept popping up and you were like what's like obviously yeah. you know he's important but you're like what's what's his deal you know well even yeah. the other Why characters I mean all the stories are com- um, mm-hmm. interconnected the principal showed up a f- a several times for sure you know so. for sure. Yeah, so I wrote it down. So in the opening credits, they show these like comic books that obviously didn't exist, but they made after, sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was called Four Tales of Terror, mm-hmm. um, which this movie has four, more, four main stories that all kind of lightly interconnect some of them. And then some of them are obviously a lot more mm-hmm. connected to the others. But I agree with Brian. Like my first impression of this, and I wrote it down and like circled it a couple times so I wouldn't forget. I literally thought of this as like a boatload of fun. It's not a a horror movie or a Halloween movie that is going to sort of have you worn out by the time you're done watching it or like have your nerves fried, you know, like some horror movies that especially Travis has made me watch on this podcast, (laughs) like I wouldn't recover from. Um, but this one, it's just, it's, it's a pretty sh- short, how long it was, was like it? An, it was like an hour and 20. Hour, yeah. Yeah. It's hour and 20. It's, it's a lot of fun. It goes down easy. There's, it's but like, there's... not much of a thinker. It's, you just take it in and, um, there's a, a few good like surprises, at least that they got me. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see some of that stuff coming. We'll talk about it soon. I'm yeah. Sure. And like, there's, it's not like a super gory movie, but like, there's enough gory parts that you're like, oh damn, like those, like those are good kills, you mm-hmm. know, like. So you get that that gore horror aspect of it, even though it's meant, I think, kind of a movie that's meant to be just enjoyed and kind of fun. For fun sure. take on Halloween. For sure. So we're kind of like into the plot right now. And Sam is kind of the uh, central piece that kind of moves along all these stories. Like he's always kind of the ever-present piece. Kind of like Cat's Eye was a, a previous anthology movie. Have you guys seen an anthology movie before? Like Creep Show, any of that? Mm-mm. So this is kind of a take on that. Like this is a uh, along those kind of lines with stories that are all kind of like similarly themed in this case, Halloween or, you know, revenge, whatever. We can talk about themes later on. But Sam kind of pops up throughout the stories to kind of give you a nod that these are all happening like at once or in the same universe and stuff. Yeah. At the same time, the same town. Yeah, and I really dug that. I'm like, uh, why is there not like a Haddonfield TV show or something like that is literally like this? <laughs> and as I say that, I'm wearing the a Halloween Part Three, and that's what like <laughs> they wanted to do with that movie, but you know everybody hates it because it doesn't have Michael Myers in it. But it's like, why couldn't there be a Haddonfield TV show where just like there's this creepy fucking town and creepy shits happening mm-hmm. in this thing like that? Mm-hmm. I love this fucking movie for that reason. But, Brooksy, did you have anything else on the plot and stuff? I mean, that was kind of my main take. Yeah, I wouldn't say that the that there's much value in really kind of trying to tear apart or find plot holes For with sure. this movie. Because it's, sure. just, no. it's just too fun to, to bother doing that. For sure. <laughs> but for our listeners who might not have seen it or just need a reminder, like if you've not seen it in a while or something. So... Um, the four main stories, I'll walk you through the plot as like succinctly as I can. I'm not always good. the best at this. I was going to um, ask you to do this because you are good at this. <laughs> <laughs> so there's four storylines and I'll leave out the first scene, the opening scene. But with Emma and her husband and that kill in the beginning, they bookend because you go back in time. So you start with 
Emma being killed by this unseen creature mm-hmm. or person you Sam. don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it ends up being a goblin. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> and they start with her, and we'll talk about that later. But um, And then they bookend the movie because you go back in time after that opening scene, and you see all of these, these four different storylines and what led up to Sam making it, like why he was basically across the street from her house. The first storyline is Principal Wilkins, a very creepy man who makes a point to kill kids. Uh, and well, anyone. He's just like a killer and maybe he just kills on Halloween or something because he goes on a spree and is like teaching his son even to... like. Yeah, that part was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, t- we'll talk about it. Um, but so there's uh, Principal Wilkins who's murdering people and his neighbor, uh, this older man called Mr. Krieg, you're introduced to him and he comes back later on so the second storyline is the halloween's oh i don't know if it's second or third or whatever but basically there's um this halloween school bus massacre story so you have some young um they almost look preteen to me yeah they They were like the way i like middle schoolers or like like like, freshmen or something like late grade school or early middle school Yeah. yeah so there's these younger kids and they're you know they're collecting jack-o'-lanterns to go and you think it's going to be just an innocent kind of kids trying to spook themselves and do something. Uh, they're going to take these jack-o'-lanterns down and as like a tribute to these um, special needs kids who were killed on a on a bus. The bus driver, the, the parents didn't want their kids anymore, paid the bus driver to off their kids in the quarry. And it turns out... We'll talk about that scene more too, mm-hmm. but it turns out the g- little girl dresses an angel is actually like a little fucking devilish bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, they they bring a girl who is autistic. She's on the autism spectrum. Um, they call her a quote unquote idiot savant. So she's very very smart. Um, mm-hmm. They take her and like with them and they and they scare her and she she gets away. Um, and then that storyline all comes back too. Um, and then there's Anna Paquin's storyline so without spoiling that scene too much but basically she and her sister and a couple friends are off to a party that's all Mm -hmm. you really know and the girls are all trying to get dates they're calling them dates Anna Paquin's character is just kind of she's acting all like kind of shy and like I've never done this before she's like a virgin quote-unquote virgin virgin. Mm -hmm. um and she's like she's struggling to get a guy but uh and her sister and friends just abandon her and go to the party and say like you know make your way back with a dude uh and so you think that's really weird and you're like uh that i will say that storyline really like caught me off guard i was really happy with how that turned out again we'll talk about it and then finally the fourth tale of terror is mr krieg the neighbor Mm -hmm. of evil principal wilkins oh and i should have said in anna paquin's storyline principal wilkins shows up again mm-hmm. um and then mr krieg shows up again uh in the final storyline and that's where you actually get to see sam the little burlap sackhead character pumpkin goblin <laughs> thing yeah you see him unmasked and he is attacking and going after mr krieg mm-hmm. um so that those are kind of the four main storylines, and they're all they there's little interconnected things with all of them. Uh, you find out Mr. Creek was actually the bus driver from mm-hmm. the massacre before, so that's how he's connected to that, and it's really um, kind of awesome. But I, I'll save 
like sort of our our talk through of each of the main storylines. I think it would be really cool to go through each of them and just kind of talk about what we what we liked and and didn't like and stuff. For like sure. That. Which one do you guys want to start with, Brooksy? You want to start from the start from the beginning? I'm I'm down with that. Because I was I just did not understand why this woman, if she hates Halloween and her like. What do you got two thousand dollars worth of decorations <laughs> right, yeah. in the yard? <laughs> if she if she hates Halloween, why are there like a million really cool ghosts? You know, the ghosts set up in her front yard, and she's got like kind of good decorations, and she's just bitching the whole time about how she hates Halloween. And her mom and dad are coming the next day, and they don't like Halloween. We have to take all this stuff down. It's literally Halloween night, and she's taking down <laughs> decorations. Oof. Uh, and she puts out the candle and the jack-o'-lantern that's meant to protect everyone. That is really kind of a central mm-hmm. um, thing that follows. Like if you have a jack-o'-lantern with a candle on and like with you, it will protect you from the goblins and all the bad things. Yeah, it w- which is kind of like, um, and this might be like with themes and stuff, but we're kind of breaking down the scene. So Sam, if I'm, because I was like, am I stupid? Like, why did they die? But Sam is basically going around acting as vengeance of Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. So she blew out the jack-o'-lanterns, which sealed her fate. And he's like, mm-hmm. respect Halloween, bitch. <laughs> kind yeah. Of thing. yeah, and they weren't home, so presumably they didn't give out candy either. So that's a big mm-hmm. thing. Like, it's literally trick or treat. And the tricks are, like, deadly. Pretty much. Literally deadly. <laughs> Dude, that, yeah. See, uh, see, I don't always think about... This is why I love having Kate on the show because I don't always think about like themes and stuff. I'm just like, that was fucking metal. <laughs> or that was badass. That, hey, when them kids went over on that bus, dude, that was killer. Yeah. <laughs> like everything's killer to me. Yeah, they say several times, like, it's tradition, it's tradition. And I think mm-hmm. that's be kind of, uh, I guess, the central theme. This is not like a movie chock full of themes, but I guess that would be one. It kind of is, though. Like, there's a big, there's some big ones like Revenge, Sins of the Father. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Stuff like that. But yeah, like so, like like we were saying, this chick does not get down with Halloween, and she <laughs> pays the price for it. Like literally, like she tells her husband to go put on the tape or something, and then he comes back out, and she's fucking like hanging in a tree, kind of thing. Yeah, so I thought that was actually hilarious. So, like her husband <laughs> wanted to have sex, have sex with her, basically, and she was like, "Ah, oh, fine, go put on the tape." So he goes up to put on porn and falls asleep on the bed, and he hears screaming because, like at this point, she's out there getting killed by Sam. <laughs> and he wakes up to the screaming and like just assumes it's the porn mm-hmm. and <laughs> goes back to sleep uh i'll, in I'll the just meantime, say hot take yeah. if you take down your decorations on halloween night then you deserve to die a gris- a gris- <laughs> dude death. that's like having your family over for christmas and you start taking the lights off the tree at like seven o'clock after yeah, dinner you deserve to die a grizzly death by a goblin a uh, pumpkin goblin but- yeah and like what like kids were still trick-or-treating too and she's like get this shit off yeah and i get it okay it's like maybe her husband's really into halloween and that's why the decorations are all up and she's just like okay fine like i'll let you have your thing but like why are you inviting your parents over the day after halloween if you know that they're like maybe they're like super religious and they're anti-halloween or something i don't know Mm -hmm. um like why are you inviting them over the day after halloween just don't they're probably those people that are like taking it down to put up fucking Christmas decorations. Like at, just a brief retail rant here. So last last year we put up our fucking Christmas decorations at uh, my uh, job, it, like October 26th. 
and I was uh, like, I, I was straight up, sick. I was straight up like, I, w- I refuse to do that this year. Like, <laughs> like I'll call in. Like I refuse to do that. So the second story I think we should talk about is the principal in the serial. Oh killing. yeah. Because you you're introduced to him. He's like, um, these trick or treaters come to his door, right? And he gives them candy, or he there's this like little chubby kid that's kind of hanging around. So. Charlie. So I'll give you, I'll go into detail on this scene now that we're breaking down the scenes. For sure. So they kind of open in on this, this fat kid named Charlie and he's gone up to Principal Principal Wilkins' uh, porch and sees that Principal Wilkins wasn't there and he left a note on a bowl of candy that said, please take one or two pieces or something like that. And it's almost like a test to see which bad kid is going to prove himself to be a little shit so I can Uh kill him because he ultimately very creepily comes up and is like what, what did he say always check your he said, candy he said that can't be good for your diabetes oh, charlie yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, so he sits down he like kind of intimidates charlie into like sitting down on the porch with them he gives him a piece of candy gives charlie a piece of candy who immediately starts to eat it and ultimately starts like vomiting up mm-hmm. blood and chocolate and um because he was poisoned Mm-hmm. Um, and then he drags him into the house and you know some the little trick-or-treaters show up the kids that end up going to the bus later on that's how they're connected to the principal wilkins wilkinson sorry wilkins, wilkins story mm-hmm. like he's all bloodied up they think he's in a costume it's all a like, kind of oh, silly yeah. and principal wilkins is a single dad probably because he killed his wife i'm betting <laughs> um but and his son is like i don't know probably seven or six or seven years old or maybe that around then and he's trying to get bury these bodies it turns out he's killed two kids already and put them in a big hole in his backyard he's like screaming at billy up in the window because billy's screaming at (laughs) him like a little annoying kid yeah (laughs) (laughs) and like drawing attention to him out here trying to bury bodies that's where the neighbor comes out and is like what are you doing and he covers and it all Dude, ends when, up fine. When Creed came out, that that was probably one of my biggest laughs in the whole movie because he, you know, he's giving him the whole "I got the NRA in my pocket," yeah. and then he's talking to him through the fence. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got the NRA goes, in my. What are you What are you doing out there? It smells like a dead whore out here. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes. Yeah, he's got, got the NRA in, in his pocket and a shotgun over the fireplace, something, something. like that. Yeah. I loved like when the kid finally like shut up and went inside and stuff. I think uh, Wilkins was like um, mocking the little kid, like "Dad, help me out! Dad, help me out! I wish Mom was still alive!" Like, <laughs> dude, he was being so brutal to his kid. <laughs> but yeah, like you, you follow them inside. He takes the kid to the basement, and it plays it up like Wilkins is going to kill his kid. And I honestly was like holding my breath during that scene. <laughs> I was like waiting for him to kill the kid. Favorite scene coming for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So he like he raises the knife, stabs down in something, and he's like, "I told you I'd help you with the eyes," or like you wanted help with the eyes, mm-hmm. and then you find out it's like a fucking person's head, which it's is Charlie's. It's head. Charlie's yeah. head. Okay, okay. It looked like an old woman to me. No, it was for Charlie. Some okay, it was Charlie. And yeah, that was like such an unexpected little twist. That was bad. And um, the way they played the camera angle, you of course don't see uh-huh. what he stabbed into until they pan over. And then the kid is just so innocently being like, "Yeah, this is fun." Like he's clearly been conditioned his whole life to think this is normal mm-hmm. on ha- on Halloween. Like his dad's a psychopath. That's it. Yeah, that scene was fucked up. Mm-hmm. Which, and then that in turn sets up. We're introduced to 
these these um like teens high school girls trying on uh costumes and stuff we see a little boy like peeping in on them that by the way is the actor that plays sam uh the director liked him a lot so he was just like let's put that him in that costume and you know see what he does there the chicks are getting ready to go to this like party out in the middle of the woods or whatever and as kate kind of mentioned earlier um the girls kind of leave they meet up with some guys, right? And then they, they kind of leave Anna Paquin. Yeah. So the it's Anna Paquin and her older sister. Her older sister is, they're all beautiful, but her older sister already like says she has a date to the party. She's or mm-hmm. something like that. And their, their two friends are like, again, stunning women. And they just go up to like random camera, like news crew dudes on the street or something and are like do you want like we need dates to a party and they flirt with them and stuff and of course these guys are like whoa score like how like oh, this is yeah. too good to be true and right. turns out it was but anna paquin doesn't have a date and that's kind of the whole how they set up this story i'll let you take over right so anna paquin doesn't have a date she comes across and and, and when there were we kind of left out something with the serial killer. So we see the serial killer kill somebody else earlier in the night. And then he sees Anna Paquin's character. Yeah. So the, you don't know this at the time, but mm-hmm. well, and I won't say it yet. I'll let you. It was, a man, in a, it was a man in a costume. It was a man, a man in, in a, it was a yeah. man in a vampire costume with vampire teeth yeah. and he kills a woman. For um, sure. And like he's, he's at the same time that that's happening. He sees, you know, Anna Paquin across the way. But no one, of course, believes this woman has been killed because she's like everyone's covered in blood and dressed sure. up and acting crazy and drunk. And I really dug that he was like preying on Anna Paquin as she's going to the party and she's dressed as Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. And then one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie is it shows you at the party and a little a person in a Little Red Riding Hood, like um, the hood, just like <laughs> gets thrown like towards the party. And they go up to it and they uncover the body and it's that, and it's the wannabe vampire principal. Yeah, it's <laughs> Principal Wilkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, he tries to bite Anna Paquin. Uh-huh. Again, Little Red Riding Hood, that's really important. And they see that it's him and they're all just acting like this is totally normal. Like, okay, finally. Uh, and then Anna Paquin shows up just like, sorry, it took me so long, guys. He tried yeah. to bite me and she's acting like such a Billy badass. Mm-hmm. I definitely thought it, it was funny when like he fell from the tree essentially. And then like nobody had like a weird reaction to it. They were all just like, almost like curious, like what, what was that? You know? And then, yeah. And then obviously the scene develops and you're like, Oh, right. <laughs> it, the transformation scene is so like, it's badass one. And it's also comical too. Because like the way well, that they tell them what they transform into werewolves, yeah, which is so cute with the Red Riding Hood thing, right? So they there's this party out in the middle of the woods, and it's a fucking werewolf party, and the way that they're like tearing their skin off and ripping their like arm skins off and shit, and like eating on these guys, and yeah, <laughs> Dude, well, the, you know the guy what? in the hot dog costumes in the background fucking getting eaten, yeah. <laughs> Right, so um, I actually, Brian, you're, you'll probably remember this. I watched this with you. So, like, before they, it was clear that they were werewolves, mm-hmm. that all the women were werewolves. I thought, I said out loud, I was like, oh, they must be a witch coven out in mm-hmm. the woods. That's, that's what I thought, too. That's yeah, because they were dancing around like a witch coven when they're taking their clothes off like witches would. Mm-hmm. Um, but turns out, and then you see their teeth come in. I'm thinking, like, Ew. oh, it's funny because, like, vampire vampire anna paquin she's in true blood true okay. blood's coming out at, in 2008 
Um, so like she's known for the vampire thing. I was like, oh, they're all going to be vampires. And that's ironic because he was dressed as a vampire. And then boom, it's werewolves. I'm like, how did I not see this coming? She was literally dressed as Red Riding Hood. You dumb bitch. Like I was like, how did I not get that? But still, it surprised me and I loved it. It was really fun. So that kind of wraps up that story and it connects us to this group of kids that we kind of mentioned earlier who are going out looking for the school bus that crashed years ago. They actually hear the, like the wolf cries and stuff like in the night. Um, one scene I wanted to bring up before we get to the actual uh, lake that the bus crashes in and where all those events take place is the scene when they come across the adult party. Oh, God. Remember? I'll let Brian <laughs> talk to you about this one. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Why is this got to be me? It's like, oh, it's a sex party. Give it to Brian. <laughs> and the guy with the hot dog costume is there. Yes. Bri- yes. Oh, dude, I almost, I'm glad I didn't like interrupt you because when you said the guy in the hot dog costume i literally had um a note that said hot dog butt fucking a pig lol because <laughs> that remember that's when um the, the group of teens i forgot all their names i had a couple written down there was straighter chip macy anyway they weren't all there but anyways they went and they knocked on a door for trick-or-treating and then you had like a middle-aged woman like in sexy out and a sexy outfit answer the door and she's all like like being flirty and stuff oh, and yeah. like oh like these are kids she's like you want a drink yeah you want a drink and then she's like starting to like gyrate around and shit yeah. and, and then like she moves because there's something going on in the background and then and then you see Chip. He's the little kid, the little boy, and he's like looking, like craning his neck, like what the hell's going on back there? <laughs> and then he's, I, I forget who he said. I think he recognized the person that was in the hot dog costume. It was like, was it a coach or something? Yeah, it was coach, it coach, was coach. some, coach somebody or other. <laughs> and he's like, that's coach so and so in a hot dog costume, but fucking a pig, <laughs> like. <laughs> So then you just like you see that it's like an obvious sex party going on, and these kids are just standing there like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, fucking adults getting down on Halloween. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's another like the hot dog thing is like just too fucking hilarious because obviously it's like what happened to him. He meets up with one of these werewolf chicks and ends up at that party. <laughs> you know, just trying to get some, and he, he gets he goes from an orgy to a werewolf <laughs> yeah. sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like I said, the the werewolf cries and howls are heard by these kids going to this lake and lighting uh pumpkins for these kids that have like as kate mentioned earlier they paid this driver to drive these how would you describe them um so they're children with special needs they, right. they ride the short literally a short bus and the parents the the legend goes macy the little girl dressed as an angel who's actually a bitch she is telling this, this legend. The parents of these children with special needs just got tired of them. They were embarrassed of them, whatever, whatever. Um, and they're telling this story to Rhonda, too, who is a child with special needs. Like, she is different. And the parents all pooled their money to bribe the bus driver to basically kill their children. We don't know how he intended to. He was passing out candy. He drove them to the quarry, and one of the kids on the bus clearly counts and traces the the route and he noticed and he was saying no i want to go home i want to go no, home remember on the ride when he didn't take the once he deviated from the route yeah that kid was going wrong way wrong way right that's mm-hmm. what i'm saying he yeah. he tracks the route and he when he realized they weren't going the right way and they weren't in the right place he started to freak out because um the bus driver stops when they get to the quarry like this sort of the edge 
of the cliff, if you will, and starts to hand out candy. All the kids are strapped in um, in a way they wouldn't normally be. Like their hands are literally handcuffed and, and chained. stuff. They're yeah. chained to really the bus. Up. Yeah. yeah. So I'm guessing maybe he put drugs in the candy that would like make them all pass out so they wouldn't suffer while they were drowning in the quarry. But he doesn't get to do that because the one child who is freaking out about not being going home gets out of his restraints, goes to the front of the bus and releases the brake and sends the bus flying over the quarry and into the water. They You hear screams and you hear the kids' masks. It's Halloween when this happened mm-hmm. in the past um, 30 years ago or whatever. And... You see their masks popping up, which is really dark. Creepy um, fucking masks. The idea of a bunch of innocent little children, especially like children with special needs who like might or might not even understand what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. It just in fear and drowning is probably is I don't know how I've heard, but I've heard is like one of the most painful ways to die. So you know that that's happening. And the, you see the bus driver gets out alive. Mm-hmm. So take it take it away <laughs> for sure and you're shown um like these kids playing a prank on what was the characters Rhonda, 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 and it goes negatively i would say by the kids you know coming back to life out of the fucking lake <laughs> and um basically she gets her revenge and stuff by taking that lift back up and leaving them down there to get you know we don't see their fate but they were consumed or you know whatever by these by these kids coming up yeah so it's just like kind of their spirit they're it's more than spirits they're like flesh and bone right yeah it's kind of like we um, should probably talk about why Rhonda decided to leave them behind too well because they need i mean do we need to i mean like they pull this extravagant fucking prank on her and basically she takes that lift back up and leaves them down there now i will say one of the film's references in this, uh, like there's a there's a bunch of film references in this that I will get to a little bit later too, but the one of the main ones talking about Rhonda's like it kind of gives you a hint on Rhonda's future is Rhonda's house is was modeled after the Carrie house and if you think about her character with Carrie, have you guys seen Carrie? Oh uh, yeah, I have. So Brian Carrie, hasn't. Mm-mm. He's shaking his head. Admit Carrie, it to the world. Right. <laughs> So Carrie, she's tricked. I haven't seen anything. That's my thing. (laughs) Carrie, she's tricked. She gets revenge. And that's kind of, you know, Mm. what ends up happening with Rhonda. I I wouldn't even put that together. For sure. Which brings us to kind of the conclusion to that story and really all the stories. And brings us into one of the final, like we can talk about themes probably afterwards. But Mm -hmm. you come to Mr. Krieg and he's in his house, by the way. They said that they wanted him to look like a an older John Carpenter, so I thought that was kind of funny. He's drinking, you know, all this other shit. He looks like he's clearly has a lot of guilt. Um, yeah, his house is like totally dilapidated, and mm-hmm. he has for, a little dog. For sure. A little dog that he put that little like uh, contraption on to make it look scary to scare off trick-or-treaters and shit. <laughs> but he notices something, you know, that has gotten into his house, and that something is Sam, and it's... That scene is like totally killer. Like I know I'm getting like Travis descriptive with the use of killer, (laughs) but I fucking love that scene. And Sam's like, there's so many nods to that scene. Like I'm, um, so basically Sam, the little goblin, you don't know he's a goblin other than that. He's just the burlap sack thing. Um, 
head thing and he it's like terrorizing him he he goes up into one of his bedroom because he hears sounds up there footsteps etc he's got a shotgun he's Mm -hmm. gonna take care of business and the room all around the room is written trick-or-treat give me something good to eat and you find out that sam is doing this because krieg Mm -hmm. didn't give out candy Mm -hmm. and he's being like a curmudgeon on halloween right which not to interrupt you but the first movie reference is when he enters the room and that scene is framed exactly like laurie entering the room as he she sees judith or um, Annie and Halloween and Judith Myers' headstone is above the bed. Like that scene is framed exactly like that. But anyway, continue. Yeah, that's mm. cool. I don't yeah. know. See, <laughs> I don't know enough about these movies to, to catch these, but that's, it's awesome. There's a lot more detail in, in this than I thought. Mm-hmm. So he, like, that's one cool scene that I wanted to point out. And then from there, it's just Sam terif- like terrorizing him around his home and be like, he's getting beat up along the way and he's, shooting at sam and shoots his hand <laughs> off which this one's for brooks here this reference <laughs> so he shoots his hand off and then the hand kind of flips itself over and the movie reference here is for the thing john carpenter's the thing because mm-hmm. krieg yells out you've got to be fucking kidding me yeah and of course is a reference to the thing with the head crawling around and did shit. you notice that since you <laughs> were... oh yeah okay. and it, it was that and then like if like very uh adam's family <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was because it was like tapping around on the ground too <laughs> but I, that movie that that scene was just cool too because it was kind of like a slow burn too because like you just hearing all the noises and mm-hmm. you know he ended up going outside and you know re- that's where you kind of make the that's where you make the connection to principal wilkins too because he hears stuff going on outside all that Mm-hmm. So you get that, you know, anyways. That's how Sam gets in, yeah. And one of the, right. like, just to wrap up this storyline, or, like, you know, the final storyline in the movie, like, he goes to stab, uh, Sam has, like, a lollipop that he's bitten, and he's been cutting Krieg with it. And he goes to stab Krieg at the very end of the scene, and a piece of candy blocks the uh, lollipop from stabbing Creed. And I kind of took that. I don't know how you took that, but Krieg like offering a piece of candy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Sam was just like, he's like, oh, you right. have cool. candy. We're cool here. <laughs> yeah, we're it, done it, here. That was literally it. He like yeah. he gave him a piece of candy and he took it and went on his merry way and then killed the the neighbor lady who oh, that's the opening <laughs> scene, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sam's just like walking around, like we said, getting revenge and giving out acts of vengeance in the form of the respect of Halloween or. In the respect of Halloween, I do like, before we go on, and this kind of gets into themes and stuff, I don't know if you guys have anything for the themes. Uh, multiple times, Sam uses kind of the, there's urban legends and stuff brought up about Halloween. It's the drug, the drugged candy, which like was a huge urban legend growing up, which actually never happened. Like if you look it up. Yeah. Always you know, check your candy. There's razor blades and drugs in it. It's like never. And Sam, I'm glad you brought up razor blades because Sam actually uses a razor blade and a piece of candy to fucking cut his ankle. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that was, which I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, the only time that people have uh, gotten sick and died from eating candy was when like, I, I think like a drug addict left drugs out on his table and his kid ate it that's where that urban legend Mm. all comes from and then we were like fucking hit over the head constantly growing up about that shit so the so the the final act in or the final thing that happens in krieg's story is uh, sam leaves goes on his merry way and krieg goes to his front door because there's like 
or that someone rings the bell or knocks. And at this point, he's learned his lesson. He's like, I better give out candy yep, or candy. people will come get me. So he goes to give out candy probably for the first time that night. And it's the kids that he killed mm-hmm. come back to life or their spirits have come back to take him out, presumably, but you don't see. Which I dug because that's kind of the other theme of the movie is revenge and sins of the father stuff, kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street, the sins of this town. And even though he was able to appease Sam and Sam went another way and killed somebody else and stuff, he still has to answer for what he did back in the day and stuff, which I like really loved actually. Yeah. It mm -hmm. makes me wonder why it took 30 years. Did it just take these kids going down there and awakening their souls or something for them to be Mm. like, all right, let's go and get Krieg now. (laughs) Yeah. That's an interesting question. Well, and, I'm not going to think too much about it. It was so fun. <laughs> yeah, it was still cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Brooks, what are your, some of your favorite scenes? Definitely the one that shocked me the most was uh-huh. when Principal Wilkins and his son Billy chopped Charlie's head off. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was... It was such a well-executed scene. And then the shock value. And then just gives you that... Like, just turns your gut when you see Billy, like, enjoy it. Because you're like, man, he has no idea how yeah. just warped this is. Yeah. So that was an awesome scene. So that was like on the like the horror aspect of it that I thought was really awesome. But one of the things that I thought was like the most entertaining and funny was when Principal Wilkins was burying the body mm-hmm. in the backyard because you know he's in there, and then Krieg comes out because he's he hears all that commotion outside and yeah, because <laughs> Billy's a, screaming out the window. You, you got Billy screaming from outside. You got Charlie in the grave struggling because he's not dead. No, it's not uh-huh. Charlie. It's a different kid. I thought. I thought that maybe was it was. There was two well, kids in there. It could have been. Either I thought it was them. Charlie. Okay, maybe not. You're but probably the, right. Whoever the, the whoever was in the grave was not dead. So you got you got Wilkins trying to like finish off this kid, <laughs> and then you got old drunk curmudgeon-y Creed going. You know, given his NRA lines and it smells mm-hmm. like a dead whore out here. And I'm sitting here just busting up. Just like, what? There's just so much goofiness going on. Oh, my God. that's That scene was really, like, disturbing to me. And you're like, I thought, I thought, it, was thought it was so funny. <laughs> like, to me, it's it was so disturbing. And, like, all I could picture was, like, the kid with the bag over his head screaming and trying to get away, which he obviously is not going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And they don't show the shovel-making impact, but they show him swinging the shovel um didn't he and he chopped off his finger too wasn't it yeah he he chops yeah. off one of the fingers so it's that dog. but it's really that this kid is actually still alive and he literally kills him with a shovel and like chops mm-hmm. his head off like it's so messed up but like that's that's why i liked it though because it's such a fucked up situation but like they did Just, do it a little. They, they made but... it kind of funny though like oh it was because he had the, you know he had billy interrupting him krieg doing what he was doing like there was just so much comedy in this scene that should not have been funny at all yeah and i thought it was awesome <laughs> Fair katie enough. what were some of your favorite scenes uh i would say two of my favorites one the scene where principal wilkins is on the porch with charlie mm-hmm. like when he shows up and it's like that's not good for your diabetes charlie like that that whole scene and just the amount of vomit and blood he was that was like coming out of him. Hmm. It was projectile everywhere. And I just thought it was like a cool effect scene. Like I thought it mm-hmm. was like visually fun to look at. As disturbing again as it was. And then him just trying to wrestle the body into the house and cover it <laughs> cover everything up. But 
Um, that's a really good scene. And like just the, the conversation that the principal's having with him on the porch as this kid is just like unwittingly eating a chocolate bar mm-hmm. is just so creepy. That actor's great. I forget his name. What was his? Uh, the, Dylan Baker? Was it the Who plays the, the principal? principal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just in his teeth are like so big and straight. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> he just has like a <laughs> almost like he's baring his teeth in like a menacing way. His mm-hmm. smile, it isn't a smile. Um, but anyway, I love that scene. And then I, I just really, really love the wolf, the oh, werewolf yeah. scene. Oh, yeah. That's probably my favorite, the werewolf scene. Oh, yeah. And I, I will uh, I will latch on there because my the werewolf scene is my favorite as well. Werewolves are my favorite, like, universal monster and stuff. So, and plus, couple that with Marilyn Manson's uh, Sweet Dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the superior version of the song um undisputed <laughs> yeah undisputed Dude, when that when when that song came on i just went to katie i was like manson nice <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah yeah just like it's a perfect fucking scene because you got this guy pray, thinking he's gonna prey on this girl and it just flips around and his fucking it fucks his whole world up and the fact that like the effects are great and cheesy and it like works like it's cheesy in the way that it works. Like I, I described this movie kind of like in a Sabrina type, like <laughs> fun uh, horror way, and them ripping their arm skin off, like and revealing these big hairy arms and stuff like that, was just really really fun. So Brooks, let's get your final thoughts on the movie. We'll watch every season as long as I don't forget to watch it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> like this one, this one's definitely a must-watch. Like you guys just covered Scream recently. Like Scream isn't every like Scream is a movie that you watch every time. Like, mm-hmm. and this this is one of those that you have some friends over just to hang out. Like this is this is that kind of movie to watch because oh, it's yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, like, even, I can see us introducing like, some friends. This is a Kate Taylor movie. Like she should watch this. Like this is yeah, cool. She would like this. I think yeah. Like you know this this is fun enough that you know she can get past the scary stuff for sure. Oh. I'm calling. Maybe some of it. <laughs> I'm challenging you, Kate. <laughs> I'll try. Um, what would you rate it? My ratings are always how much how much did I enjoy it. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll call it like four and a half out of five. Okay. Like cool. There's Good. Not, that's a strong rating. Yeah, like it was super fun. I would watch it every time, and I kind of appreciated that it was not horrifically long either. Because mm-hmm. if you tried to push this to like an hour forty five, two hours, it would have felt too much. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I think they did everything. Like every storyline got enough enough time and to develop and conclude and that was that and I, I dug it for sure katie i'll give it a four out of five i don't think i have much more to add to what brian said like i feel like he hit the nail on the head with this one and i'm excited to watch it again so i can actually like look for the nods to other movies that you mentioned in this podcast that i had no clue about i was just mm-hmm. watching it for the story and for the action that was happening, like I didn't even think about those things. And so it'll. this is, I'm sure, one that will be fun to watch again and again, just to catch little nods here and cool little references. Mm-hmm. What about you, Trav? And I'm sure there's a lot more. So hit us with those. Like if you've caught other ones that we didn't catch, hit us with those in the comments on this episode. Um, I, I would give this, I'm right along with Brooks, I would give this a four and a half out of five. I think this is a staple for the Halloween season, a staple for the spooky season. I think arguably... This is maybe the best Halloween movie for me. Like uh, the overall, like as an as a nod to Halloween, maybe besides John Carpenter's original Halloween. Like I think this stands toe to toe with that, though, as a Halloween movie. Oh, of movies that take place right. on Halloween. Right. Like not as like a 
a critique of a movie like uh, compared to Halloween, but as a for the season Halloween movie. Like I, I love the fact that this movie just tackles all this stuff about Halloween. Like it's the perfect Halloween movie to watch. Like Brooke said, it's fun. Order pizzas, have a couple beers and watch this movie. It's like a, a really great time. So that'll about do it on trick or treat. Cool. Um, as always, I have a book recommendation. Today's book recommendation is dark harvest by Norman Partridge. Halloween 1963, they call him the October Boy, or Old Hacksaw Face, or Sawtooth Jack. Whatever the name, everybody in the small Midwestern town knows who he is and how he rises from the cornfields every Halloween. A bloody butcher knife in his hand and makes his way towards town, where gangs of teenage boys eagerly await their chance to confront the legendary nightmare. Both the hunter and the hunted... The October Boy is the prize and the annual right of life and death. Pete McCormick knows that killing the October Boy is his one chance to escape a dead-end future in this one-horse town. He's willing to risk everything, including his life, to be winner for once. Before Halloween is over, Pete will look into the saw-toothed face of horror and discover the terrifying true secret of the October Boy. Dot, 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 dot. So yeah, Spooky. Norman Partridge's Dark Harvest. Uh, check that out. Brooks, I want to thank you for joining us. Trick or Treat was a must to get in this season. Uh, so I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you. I probably wouldn't have found it otherwise. And I'm glad you enjoyed <laughs> it, man. As always, you can hit me on Twitter at Captain Creature and at Horrifying MF. You can hit me on Facebook and Instagram at Horrifying My Friends. Uh, send us an email at HorrifyingMyFriends at gmail.com. As always, stay spooky. Bye. Bye. Horrifying, my friends. <laughs>